0: Hello, beautiful souls and limitless beings. Welcome to the Shamanic Soul Sisters with your host Maria Jingris and Samantha Shea, where the discussions are multidimensional, courageously imperfect, and dynamically empowered with wisdom, compassion, humor, healing, and love. Now, here are Maria and Samantha.
1: Hey, 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 beautiful spirits being humans. Maria here from Branches. Thanks for joining our sixth podcast.
2: Yes. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning back in. If this is your first time, it's a great episode. Uh, this is Samantha here, also from Branches of Vibrational Healing. So welcome. We are so excited to have you aboard.
1: For those of you that haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts, um, we started doing just a very brief breathing, centering exercise at the beginning, um, because we do talk about topics that are mind provoking can be triggering sometimes. So we like to get people to kind of drop into that heart space so you can listen with an open mind and open heart. So today's little exercise, similar to last week, um, I invite you all to close your eyes as long as you are not driving or operating any heavy machinery and just start taking some nice, deep cleansing breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose again, out through the mouth. And while you continue to breathe, I encourage you to begin to envision in your imagination, in your mind's eye. An animal could be a pet, could be an exotic animal. Any animal that you feel very connected to, just allow this animal to start appearing in your space right now. Allow its energy to come in. Whatever makes you feel connected to it, just allow yourself to feel that in your body, in your heart. I know for me, it's my dogs. They bring me that sense of peace and serenity and truly that energy of unconditional love. So just allow yourself to connect with whatever animal is coming to your awareness first. Even if you don't have pets, On some level, we are connected to the animal kingdom. So just allow whatever animal wants to come into your space to connect with you. Breathe that energy from your heart, center of your chest, all the way up to your brain. Really allowing yourself to connect with this beautiful species. Good. Beautiful. In shamanism, we connect oftentimes with power animals, which are a form of spirit guides. And today's podcast is really all about connecting with our spirit guides. Sam and I are going to talk about um, our journey in meeting our guides and how guides come forth in readings that we do for clients, and hopefully give you some tools to help you start making this connection with your guides because we all have an army of them backing us up on this human journey, and they really just want to connect with us and have a relationship with us. So Samantha, take it away.
2: So that was beautiful, Maria, because um, I've learned that anytime we want to connect and we just want answers to anything without having an actual question, we need to drop expectations. So I was like, just bring forth an animal that wants to connect with me. And I've never saw one of these like in my own to like work with it was a monkey and it was like it looked like um the got gu- the little monkey from aladdin it had this like hat on and a scarf and it just kept saying i want to play i want to play and so i was just smiling and i was like oh my god that's cool and then the monkey like got on my unicorn and was having a, a blast so <laughs> that it. was interesting so now i got to connect with the monkey and see why it's coming into my awareness now so beautiful <laughs> Love it. (laughs) So that's one tool, people, is when you're going into meditation right before, you can just set an intention around, I want to connect to a power animal. I want to connect to one of my wise and compassionate guides to come in. And don't have any expectations. Really just allow that energy, that being to come forth um, and trust it. Don't be like, why is there a monkey? Be like, oh, my God, there's a monkey. The more curious... And happier about it the more that 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 guide's going to speak to you the same with a little kid like a little kid wants joy and like wants to play and when you yell at them they shut down so the same with energy and spirit you want to show them love and appreciation and curiosity because then you can really build that relationship and it's magical so thanks Maria (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we really wanted to talk about spirit guides because it's it's part of inner work. Maria um, and I say this all the time that we're not meant to do this life alone. And a lot of times when you're going on the spiritual journey or you just have this pull to see what life's about, is it really everything that's in the external and we're all this pain or what's more? So if you don't have someone that's safe for you that you can really open up with and share life with, there are so many beautiful beings in spirit that we can connect with while we're waiting for that tribe in our physical reality. And um, (laughs) it's funny because my first guide I met, I didn't know that I met, but it was an animal. And it was right after I got Reiki certified in 2019. This came into my awareness last night. Um, I remember rolling over and right in front of my window was a red hologram dragon flying. And I had my eyes open and I was like, holy shit, there's a dragon in my room. And I thought I was whack. I was like, what the heck? And I was like, that must be my guide. Like, I don't know. that I have not been able to connect with dragons until 2022 again, because I realized that the teacher arrives when the student's ready. Our spirit guides, they, they literally choose us. And when we're in this physical body, when we're in just like consciousness before we reincarnate, I feel like we're all a team, right? And like, we're all working together. But then when we decide to come on this human journey, our guides and spirit, um, which we'll get into like how many you can have and the different types, but they really choose us based on what we're going through in life, if we're ready to receive their energy. And what I mean by energy is their wisdom, their medicine, their gifts, um, and literally their frequency, because some of them have a very high frequency where you like, vibrate like a Looney Tune. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so my first one was a red dragon, but it never came back until this past year, which I was like, oh. But now I know why, because it has a very high frequency energy and it taught me a lot about myself that I would not have been ready to receive then, but it, I was aware of it. So it did come back and it gave me hope. So that was like really beautiful. And I was afraid to tell anybody about that for a while. Cause I was like, I was dragging in my room people. Um, <laughs> but one of my first guides in spirit was actually, um, a loved one that had crossed over. So with our guides, it can be, like a loved one. It can be a pet that's crossed. It can be an ascended master. It can be a being that did have a human experience. It could be angels, or archangels. It can be star beings. There's really no limit to who our guides are. It's just a matter of connecting and allowing yourself to connect to a compassionate being, which we learned in um, our shamanic apprenticeship, which was very potent to know that. Mm -hmm. And um, other guides that Maria and I have connected with, they might've had a negative label to them, but they ended up, once we showed them compassion, ended up being our guides. So there's no limit to your guides, it's just a matter of you being ready. So with that being said, one of my first spirit guides was my Nana. And I was sitting in a mediumship class My first one and the, I was touching this girl on her right shoulder from behind. She didn't know who I was, but she was to read for me. She started seeing, um, one of my, my brother's friends who had passed, who I considered a brother and he got in a car accident. She was seeing the car accident and I was feeling him and we were both shaking and it was very intense. And I was like, I wonder if I call in my Nana since she's crossed if she'll come forth because she was very like holy, very religious. I was like, maybe she'll come in. Who knows? Cause she's definitely in heaven. <laughs> and thinking that there was like, you had to be in heaven to have, be a guide. But <laughs> anyways, so I was like, Nana, if you're here, can you just come in? Cause like, this is very intense and I don't feel good in my body. And I immediately felt this cool sensation move into the room. The lady reading me, also felt it. And then she was like, there's this woman here with pearls. She has a handkerchief. I was like, that's my Nana. Like she saw her too. So I was like, wow, all I had to do was call her in. That's really cool. And so from there on, I was like, there must be more ways to connect with our guides. But I didn't know that she was considered a spirit guide at the time because there's all these labels, right? So maybe she's my guardian angel, who knows, but she's there. And that's all that matters. And she comes from love. So then um, with that, I was like, well, if she comes, maybe angels will come. Because I was told that I was connected with angels. So one thing I did was, which is a great tool for everybody. If you feel really connected to something and you don't know why, it's okay. If you don't know why, it's explore it. So I bought this angel book and I read what the author wrote about the angels Some of it I I jived with, some I didn't. So I went into my heart and I asked um, each angel to come forth. And I trusted that that was the angel that came forth because I said it one at a time. And I asked how it works with me and what it's here for humanity for. So I had my own connection with that guide. I didn't base my life and my going forth with connecting with that guide based on someone else's story and book. So... When you look up on Google, oh, what does it mean when I see a purple butterfly? Or what does it mean when the Archangel Raphael comes to me? That is just a general thing. Mm -hmm. It is best for you to go in and breathe and do exactly what Maria did at the beginning. Go into your heart space and say, I call in this person or this being of light. And allow that to come forth because they will come forth. And if they're meant to work with you, they will continue to come forth without you calling on them. Um, and something else that happened that same summer of 2019, I was in a mediumship retreat and I was getting energy healing done. We had to go around and do energy healing. And I didn't believe that I could do energy healing because I was with all these Reiki masters. I was like, I'm not supposed to do healing on people. And they were like, you have a heart, right? You have good intention, right? And I said, yeah, like you can do it. I was like, okay. So I did the healing first with people and then I received and I shit you not, I was terrified, but with bliss because while I was getting healing, I literally felt like I levitated off the bed and the person that was drawing what was happening um, also thought that I levitated off the bed. And I literally thought, no, I know. I felt that Jesus and Mary were there and it scared the crap out of me. So I was like, I am not worthy to meet these people, these beings of energy. Also, I have this trauma with the Catholic church and I'm like, why are they hugging me? Why are they wrapping me like I'm their child? Like this is really way too much for me. So when I came back down, or when I woke up because I was I never left the bed actually, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, I did not want to share my story because I felt a sense of shame that I wasn't worthy enough to receive those guides. Those two guides are so potent to me, and um, it's really beautiful because I got over my fear that I wasn't worthy to receive their love and their support, and they kept coming to me until I, it was almost like they were breaking down my walls to look at religion with a whole new perspective that there's not just this religion, that religion, that it's really love or not love. Like, do you want to be part of love or not? And, um, so with that being said as well, Maria and I did a meditation that I'm going to have her share with you because we met a guide that is at both of our guides now that we didn't know was a guide. So yes. Thank you, Sam. Yes. So I
1: think we mentioned in previous um, episodes how Sam and I met, and it was at a meditation um, put forth by our mediumship teacher. We had been in different classes. So we met that night and did this very long journey meditation. Um, This was before anything shamanic. I had previously, like I said, been taking psychic development classes with this teacher, And at that point, like I wasn't connecting with guides. I was just learning how to read energy and tap into this like unseen realm kind of thing. But there was no like guides that I felt like I was meeting. Um, So when we did this meditation, Sam and I had a very, very similar experience. That's how we knew how connected we really were. Um, Two complete strangers laying next to each other in a room of like 50 people. And we have a very similar experience. And um, we both met one of our main guides, Merlin, that night. And neither one of us knew that that's who he was, who we were meeting, wouldn't we even know it was a guide. Like, I just thought I was seeing some dude up on a mountain in Peru. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? But I didn't, <laughs> I really I really didn't have a, have enough of an understanding or understanding of like spirit guides. I just knew, like I said, since I was a kid, I've been highly sensitive to energy. I know I saw stuff as a kid, spirit, souls, energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, But it wasn't really till I started doing the shamanic apprenticeship that I really started connecting with my different guides. And like I mentioned before, power animals. And this really relates to our previous podcast of inner work, because I feel like for me anyways, that, that whole shamanic apprenticeship, again, was really diving deep into the shadows. But it was also connecting with these compassionate beings. And I love that Sam mentioned that before. It was one of the the most important things I feel like we learned in that was that when we are opening our, ourselves up as this channel, right, and calling in energies, it's important to use that word compassionate or even unconditional love. And this is not, again, to instill fear. It's just being aware that there are all different energies, consciousnesses, however you want to refer to it, floating around everywhere. Even though we can't see them, they are all around us in the physical world. And so when we're opening ourselves up to these things we can't see, we want to make sure we're inviting into our space the compassionate beings that want to work with us for our highest and best. Because there are a lot of energies um, in this dimension, outside of this dimension, that can also communicate with us. And they are also living in that fear consciousness. So it's a matter of like just being, it's using that discernment again, right? It's And it's really no different in how we go through our physical life. Like, do I want to invite fear consciousness in or do I want to invite that compassionate guidance that's really gonna, push me maybe out of my comfort zone, but it's coming from compassion and love. It feels very, very different in the body. So when we started connecting with these different guides throughout our apprenticeship, they, Merlin was one of the first ones that came forward. It wasn't really till Sam mentioned it today that she's like, don't you remember we saw him like at that meditation? I'm like, Oh my God, it was Merlin. Like, and I didn't know it at the time. Um, but the whole thing with the shamanic piece is like, we would set an intention before going into this meditative state, which we call journeying. And a lot of times the intention was, I am I am setting the intention to connect with a compassionate guide in human form that wants to work with me in this now moment in my life, right? And that's how we started building this spiritual army that's literally always been with us. But it was releasing, like Sam was saying, expectations of how they come to us, how they appear. Um, because my guides, Shapeshift, they ch- they have already changed in how they appear to me from when I first started doing this to now. And it's because my awareness and consciousness continues to evolve. So as mine does, they work with me differently. Sometimes I see them very, very visually, like as if they're standing right here. Like it's just as real to me as if like there's a human standing here. Sometimes it's so visual. Other times it's just this, and these are the gifts we talk about, right? That's that clair, that clairvoyance, seeing. Sometimes it's that clairsentience where I just can feel their presence and I know who it is. Like I don't have to see them. And so Sam and I teach this a lot with clients that we're helping to connect them with their guides is really to have no expectations because we as humans experience everything differently. And and because we're so visual, because that's how the 3D matrix says, this is a very visual reality, right? And so people get frustrated when they feel like they're not connecting with their guides because they're not seeing anybody. And that is one of the things that kind of also ties in, I feel like, with this this sense of self-worth and how Sam was saying, like, she saw that dragon, right? It showed up and then she never saw him again for a couple of years, and it was like, he made his presence known, but like she was saying, she wasn't ready to really harness the power that that dragon was bringing forward for her. And I have a very similar experience with Isis, who is a very, very powerful goddess energy. And Sam would always see Isis in readings for me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see Isis. I mean, I see Zeus, I see all these other badass ascended masters or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, th- I think I don't think ISIS is one of my guides and it wasn't until towards the end of 2022 where I really started owning my feminine power. I would say she literally actually branded me. My, she branded me, my chest with the, the onk symbol. Um, and it was like, she was like, are you ready? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And she's like, no, are you ready? And I was like, yeah. And then that's when she took it and like branded it into my chest in a in a meditation state And I was like, oh my God, she is one of my guides because she's an aspect of me, but she was that part of me that I was afraid to acknowledge and step into and and feel because I, I have this perception of power that it's bad, right? And my guides, yes, they're powerful, but what they're really instilling is empowerment. It's not power to be in control of people and things and situations. It's feeling empowered. So you don't have to control the external. That's the irony of it. And so just like Sam's dragon, my ISIS, it was like I had to be ready to receive her. She's always been there. And and Sam planting the seeds of her telling me she's always there. Like That really helped even just starting to program my mind to think differently because I had my own blockage to her. She told me I was blocking her out very subconsciously, very unconsciously because I was afraid of her power. And so I share this because this, I feel like, is what happens to all of us when we are trying mm-hmm. so hard to connect with our guides. We're our own block. And that's annoying, but equally as empowering at the same time. Because it's like, wait, I'm how, why am, why am I blocking these guides out? And that's where that inner work comes in. And it's so important because that's when we start seeing into our shadow these parts of us that we haven't accepted these parts of us that we've shamed these parts of us that we are not allowing to have a voice that's why we say in the shadow our gifts are very much right there as well as much as uncomfortable and darkness is in there there's there's an equal amount of light and it's to me that's why the inner work is so important that's what has allowed me to tap into these gifts. So we'll say quickly in the last couple of years, because I do feel like my, my ability to do this turned on really fast. And I'm not saying that from an egoic standpoint, I'm recognizing like that I've done the work and I continue to do the work. And that's why I have that relationship with them. That's why I try to help people do the work for themselves because I want I want everybody to feel that empowered army behind them because literally there's not one person walking this earth plane that does not have an army of spiritual guides backing mm-hmm.
2: them. Yep. <clears throat> and it's interesting when you say Isis because I all I was like, "Oh my god, Maria has Isis." Like, I want Isis because I've always had this affinity with Egyptian culture. I even took this um what was this? It was a class that was a um, elective. It was on like ancient African history. And I was like, oh my God, Egypt. Like, wow. Well, ISIS is one of my guides too, but it wasn't until I, I learned to own my feminine power and realized like, wow, I do have a beautiful intuition and creative side. And that's when she was like, dude, I've been your guide too. I'm like, oh, sweet. But also ISIS. You have the war, and you you have all of that negative energy around it. So whenever I do um, readings, I always say I'm going to bring in spirit guides for you. Nothing is religious space It's literally all love and compassion. Are you willing to receive your guides? And you know, yes or no. So, so I need to make that clear because there is so much negative energy. I don't even like say negative. There's so much lower vibratory energy placed on spirituality. And it's been very commercialized, monetized. There's there's so much being put on it that there's almost like this now circle of shame coming back in if you're a spiritual being and you connect to the other side. It's like, come on, man. We all have an imagination for a reason, right? And when we learn that our imagination is really magic and that we've been taught to shut it down, we can allow ourselves to connect more. And when Maria was talking about visualization and not having expectations, like we had both mentioned, it really goes into like, you don't have to be a visual person. You might just be a sensor or a feeler or hear. Like I have this one client who's super like musically inclined and she literally gets these like tones in her ears and they're different. So the other day, she's like, "But I don't know who my guides are. Like I've been told there are these people, so I talked to them, but I don't, I don't think they're there." So I had her like close her eyes and I just brought her into like a like a little short meditative state, and I just held space energetically while she, I said, "Invite one guide to come forth and to speak with you in the tones," and she did, and she's like, "Oh my god! In this ear, this." And I said, but she she couldn't see them, right? So I said, all right, now just ask without expectation, how do they want to work with you? Maybe it's numbers, colors, just like anything to come through. And I forget at the moment, like, because we worked on three different guides, but she's like, oh, they're coming forth with, um, I think it was the color blue. And they want to work with me around around joy and um, words. When I hear the ringing, it's they're saying, pay attention to words. She's like, I don't know what that means. And I go, well, ask them, what does that mean? Allow it to come through. Feel it in your body, whatever it is. And she was like, huh? And she laughed. She holds her eyes closed and she giggles because she was like, it's the way I'm hearing people's words. I'm taking them in as my own. So when that sound comes into my ear, it's that guide saying to me like, hey, be aware of the words. They're not, that's not your truth. And don't take them in as yours. She was, and she was so happy because she realized, oh my God, I can connect to my guides because she has been knowing they're talking to her or something's been happening with her ears. Another one wants to play through her. Like that's the guy that comes through from music. And so now she can build that relationship because she dropped the expectation that she needed to physically see them. So it comes into allowing yourself to be curious to receive Mm -hmm. not. And I always say that, like, like when you're going into meditation, when you want to connect with a guide, you can just close your eyes and take some deep breaths. Like Maria guided at the beginning and say, I allow myself to receive the highest wisdom. I allow myself to receive my wise and compassionate spirit guide. I allow myself to receive and the more you're putting that out there and you say it out loud, the more it vibrates into your nervous system. And it's like, you, you, you can't even question anymore. The guy that comes through, it's like, here I am. (laughs) Um, and I remember on my first shamanic journey, that's when I saw Merlin. I was like, dude, I've seen you before. He's like, yep. I was walking with you up that mountain. Maria had the same experience. I was like, Maria has you too. Like, so it was, it was exciting. Um, but it, I think he came because we've experienced other lives with him, but also because we energetically match with him. He's had very, he's had a lot of human experiences and, um, now he's at an ascended master level. So when he reincarnated, he had different names for each reincarnation. He knew that coming to us as a, as a calm guy, for some reason we felt safer with than like ISIS or Mary or something that society has put a a fear based thing into because a lot of women are afraid of their power. Men are too, but women have this high intuition that has been tried to be put down. So when Merlin came, Merlin is a very intuitive, magical man. Um, He came forth and he was my main guide. He then brought me to this like etheric, which is really just like a thing in our consciousness, a building of light that I then met my Pegasus at. And we flew around. I thought I was crazy, but I was having so much fun. And I'm sitting in this shamanic apprenticeship in this room with like 15 other people. I'm flying. I'm like sending light. I'm going through all these things and... Like, this is amazing. Like, and um, he's like, I'm your main guide. So now every time, well, not anymore because they could just kind of come, but before when I was trying to get used to the different energies and really trust in spirit, I would say, Merlin, can you bring me to this compassionate guide? Can you bring me to this one? And I was going into a new mediumship class one day, and I was really nervous because I know that. Those people were had been in the group for a while and I sat in my car, I had my journal and I closed my eyes and I was like, I set my intention to journey to Merlin and ask him to bring me my mediumship guides. <laughs> and then I was brought like in my mind's eye to a cave where um, I saw this Native American sitting at this stone table who was like, what you have to do is write down the name of the person you're reading for. And behind you, I will welcome in only their loving beings that have something to share for them. Like, I'm not going to bring in um, anyone that has, quote unquote, beef or negative energy or a low, like a, it was only healing to come into that door, basically. And I was like, okay. So before each reading, I sat there and I I did that. I called in my guides and I did the table and I did that for a while. And then eventually I was like, Merlin, do I still got to do this? Like, this is taking a while. I'm kind of an impatient person when it comes to spirit. <laughs> He's like, no, but that's what you needed for your grounding. That's what you needed to make you feel safe mm-hmm. to know that you were only bringing in loved ones in spirit that had healing messages. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I had to be open to it and to feel safe first, connecting and receiving messages and then he's brought me to all of my other guides. but now they just kind of merge as one because I've raised my frequency. But it starts off with you first being open to receive. And another way to find out if you have different guides or the universe is really talking to you because they're always talking to you. But is if you see the same like, let's say, animal over and over and over again, the same bird. Over and over and over again, and in the weirdest spots, or you're you're driving, you see a billboard, and you're like, "There's that black bird again." And then there's a there's an ad, like on TV, black bird again. Or you're reading, it's like talks about black birds, it's like, hmm, maybe there's something to know with that black bird for me. And so that's when you close your eyes and you go in and you say, "I set the intention to call on the energy of the black blackbird spirit to come forth." The spirit is really just aspect of our higher selves of consciousness that's just fragmented off, broken off to help numerous people at once. We don't just have one guide. And like these beings are here to help humanity, to help us, to help, to help us grow and evolve. And that's why Maria and I have a lot of the same guides because we're allowing ourselves to raise our vibration, but we're also allowing ourselves to connect, knowing that we're not limited and we connect to, it's like who needs to come through for whatever we're doing will come through too. And it's trusting the process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You mentioned quite a few things that, um, I'm glad you mentioned because if you hadn't, I was going to, but I'll build (laughs) off of them a little bit really about, um, Like the guides know us because like they're an aspect of us. They know us better than, than our human self knows us. So they know how, that's why I feel like they shape shift. They know how to show up in what it is that we need and what, like Sam was saying, what we're ready to receive at that moment in time. So when I need Zeus energy, Zeus will come in when I know like my, my masculine part of me is, um maybe not standing in its power, right? Because there's, there's a part of Zeus that can feel intimidating to me the way he kind of like just holds his stature. And he is also one of like the first guides I I had gotten. And I was pretty floored by it because I was never really anybody that um felt called to like Greek, Greek mythology. Like, like Sam was saying, she felt connected with Egypt and everything. It, it sort of shocked me. But then when I felt into his energy, I knew what he was bringing forward for me. I know. And I know when he shows up, whenever he shows up now, what he's trying to tell me, right? And because I've built that relationship with him. But the guides are the guides are, are loving, compassionate beings. And so they're not trying to scare us. And they also understand where our consciousness is at so they know how to kind of reveal themselves in a way that's going to feel comfortable or something that we're ready to receive. They may pop in kind of like with with the dragon popped in for Sam like hey, i'm here but I know you're not fully ready yet. So I'll see you in a couple of years kind of thing. I mean, she didn't know that that was going to happen, but that that is literally how this kind of all plays out. And for me, my guides shapeshift all the time because mm-hmm. it's like there's all these messages within messages that they're trying to give me. So they know for me, the human who is visual, that they have to appear in a physical form that I'm going to be able to communicate with them. That's going to sort of make sense in a way. Um, and that's why certain animals will come in, right? Whenever I pull power animals for people in readings, I always, like what Sam was saying, I always encourage them not to really go Googling what is the symbolism, what is the spiritual symbolism of XYZ, because that's someone else's interpretation. It's not to say it's right or wrong, but it's somebody else's interpretation. The whole point of connecting with your guides is for you to be able to interpret what your guides are talking to you about. That's being Mm -hmm. spiritual. And that's, I think I've said it before, like that to me, that's Mm -hmm. all being spiritual is, is recognizing that we are all spirits in a human body. And when we start allowing ourselves to connect with this higher part of us, we're spiritual. Like that's all being spiritual is to me. It, It doesn't mean that you have to be a shaman, that you have to do tarot cards, that you have to light incense and walk around with crystals. Like those are all just tools that are here for us to remember our spiritual gifts. But truly being spiritual is to me anyways, it's just allowing myself to connect with and follow the guidance of my soul, my spirit, my higher energy consciousness. To to me, all those words are synonymous. And so a big part of um, connecting to, that goes hand in hand with no expectation is trusting. Trust is like the biggest thing. And I know we've covered trust in different ways in other podcasts, but this is, this is like a layer of trust that the human finds very uncomfortable. We don't know how to trust. We don't, and we certainly don't know how to trust things that we can't see or touch mm. in the physical, right? That's mm-hmm. where we doubt. So, guess what? We block ourselves. We're our own block to our guides. There's nothing. There's nothing karmic. There's nothing that somebody put a curse on us. Like there's so many limiting paradigms, fear-based paradigms out there that that I've heard about why you can't connect with your guides. No, we are our own block we are our own block and it mm-hmm. comes down to that subconscious unconscious part of us that is still operating off of fear that's blocking out the guides for a plethora of reasons right a lot of it is rooted in that lack of self-worth we're not deserving of connecting with these energies we're afraid of having anchoring that power into us all of the but it's all rooted in fear and so when you can a set an intention to connect B, have no expectation to how that connection happens. May not even happen in that meditation. It may happen an hour later when you're out driving. I love that you brought up the other ways that the the guides speak to us because it's not just when you're sitting in meditation. It's allowing yourself to become very aware of your surroundings. Like my guides talk to me um, through license plates and billboards all the time. It's almost like dizzying when I'm in the car, like as a passenger, because it's like, it's like this dialogue that's happening constantly. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to look at the license plate, but like all of a sudden my head is being guided to look. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Then I look up and there's a bit, and it's just like, seriously. So that's just the universe talking to us. That's our guides. Like that Mm -hmm. our guides are part of the universe. And so it's allowing ourselves to be open to receiving the signs and just becoming more and more aware. That's what this is all about. It's, it's, it's broadening our awareness. That's how we tap into these higher states of consciousness. It's opening that awareness. Like Sam was saying, when you if you see a black bird and you're starting to notice, like, okay, like this is starting to feel very coincidental. That's the other thing. Nothing's a coincidence. When you start in your mind going, well, that's a weird coincidence. That should be a red flag to be to check in with that, because nothing in this energetic and physical earth plane game is a coincidence. It's not. They are all synchronicities and signs. And for me, like my whole life, I've always been somebody that looks for signs, not really recognizing that that was a way that I was connecting with my guides. Wow. So Mm -hmm. weird. As I'm saying it right now, I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, I've always been kind of connecting with my guides, but in a very different way than going into a meditation and visually or, or, or um sensing them, right? And establishing it that way. It's like I would always look for signs outside of me to either validate I was going the, the right way or, or whatever it was, you know, looking for an answer to a question. So really the biggest things that I can share from my personal experience is really just trusting that guidance, trusting when it's coming through. You're not crazy. Not, we're not crazy. And Our ego is going to tell us that and it's going to get very loud. That's the other thing I feel like is important to share that I've talked about with many clients. Like The more you do start trusting in this intuitive guidance, this loving guidance, the ego, because it lives in fear and wants to control you because it lives in fear, it's going to try to talk you out of it. And that's why I say we're our own block, because we allow the ego to come in and kind of take over again and go, yeah, you're right. I'm totally making that up. Or like, yeah, no, I didn't see that. Or no, that wouldn't be my guide. Like all these things that the ego is trying to protect us because it lives in fear. So again, it's not to bash the ego. It's not a bad thing. It's part of being a human, right? It's a beautiful part of us. It really is. But it's it's learning to know its role and almost like alter its role the more you allow yourself to trust in this guidance, um, and, and talk to it in a way, like, I appreciate that you've protected me all of these years, but I, I, I trust this guidance. We can trust, like talk to it. Cause it's a part of you, the ego talk to it and say, we can trust her. We can trust him. Like, it's okay. Like we can listen to that. And this goes into like discerning too. Cause I, every client asks me, how do I know if it's my higher self or my ego? We've talked about this on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And for me, the quickest sort of answer to that because it is a constant process of discerning energy, discerning, discerning. But for me, that higher self, the guidance from the guides, the universe, creator, however you want to refer to it, it's very subtle in the beginning. It's very subtle. It's not It's not aggressive. It's like this, it's like, here's a sign. Here's another sign for you. Here's another sign for you. Where the ego is persistent, it's aggressive, it's lives in linear time. So it, it, it feels very pressuring to like make a decision. It, it the energy feels to me in my body constrictive. And it also feels familiar. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. Because I've operated off of my ego for so long that the advice or guidance that my ego gives me is always what um, I've done in the past because it wants to keep me in that that loop, that pattern, right? So then when I get this other guidance that is that is asking me or inviting me to do something different that may feel very uncomfortable for me, the human, I know who that is because it's like, wait a second, my higher self's trying to break me out of my programming, break me out of my fear-based decisions. It's trying to break me out of my old habits that were born from trauma and, and conditioning, and so that's how I really started to know like oh that's my that's my higher self that's my intuition she's actually like asking me to go about it a different way where my ego will keep coming in very loud very um judgmental like we talked about in our previous it's judgmental and it's and it's very limited it makes me almost feel like I have no other choice where the higher self is literally like presenting me all these little choices that I could maybe go get curious about, but it's not this, it's not an aggressive energy, but it, it's actually a very warming, comforting energy, even though what she's guiding me to do may feel uncomfortable, if that makes sense.
2: Totally makes sense. And I just have to say that usually I can only see things with my eyes closed a lot of times, but it looks like you're like sitting in front of like a council of lights. I'm seeing all of these beings behind you. Like, yes, Maria. Yes. And it's and roll, like, people, love yes. <laughs> Yeah, my heart's like, oh my God, look at them all. It's like they're like it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, I can Um, feel them. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so a few points that, so with the ego part, right? Like, um, I connected with Poseidon a few years ago, who has that same like you were talking about with Zeus, like that, whoa, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, and he has the trident symbol. And you know, think a little mermaid, and there's all this really like, quote unquote, negative talk behind these beings. And I'm like, they wouldn't be coming to me when I set the intention to be a wise, compassionate being, if they want to harm me, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to explore this. And he's showing me all the ways he has been working with me, like behind the scenes. And I'm like, holy crap. And when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was, but I, I my I had this little room, a little pink room, and I think I had Little Mermaid sheets too. I'm not really, I don't really fully remember, but there was these three things that it now I know is a trident symbol on my wall. I woke up and they were like black imprinted on my wall, going up, and let's just say I changed rooms, but because it was like weird, like, but it was him letting me know I'm protecting you, I'm here. And so that was like really emotional because I was like, oh my God, he has been with me forever. But now I'm ready to actually like know that he's there, right? Like, and believe that he's there. He's not just some made up character in a movie type of thing. Um, and then the other thing, so that was the reason why I changed rooms is because other people's fears. Well, ego was like, oh my God, what's in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, with my dog. And I know that your your awakening happened with Snoop, right? Your dog. When Nico passed a year ago, um, with mediums, when there's this, there's this, you know, thought that us mediums, it's like, oh, you can see them on the other side, right? Well, when Nico came, I was like, oh my God, it's Nico. Same with Pepe, my my grandfather when he died, he came like a month later and I was like, oh my God. And, but my ego came in super quick and was like, you're not really seeing them. Mm -mm, They're not there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They are because I can feel unconditional love. Like, oh my God. And the messages that were coming through, I was like, wow. But I had to quiet my ego. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that is hard to do. (laughs) Um, So our guides and spirit Yes, it can be beings that have crossed that we've loved and shared a lot, lot of time with or even a short period of time with, right? But they're also in physical reality. Like Maria is one of my guides. And our teachers that we've worked with, whether we really fully jived with their the way they taught or their actual um, personality, they were still a teacher for us. They were still some type of guide for us because they aligned us with what we needed. But it was a matter of us taking the tools Mm -hmm. and taking what resonated, right? And um, our shamanic teacher, she was definitely one of our guides. She taught us the power in connecting with our spirit guides and setting the right clear intentions. And and that is so powerful because that's not anything you learn in like mediumship or psychic development. Or even the Akashic Records, there was no like legit intention. It was like, all right, just close your eyes and go and bring in spirit and open your heart. And if you don't even know what that means, when that happens, when you open your energy field out,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're open, yep. right? You're very open. So when that happens, anyone, any energy can come to you and communicate. And you have no idea mm-hmm. if they're of for that person or what, right? With the apprenticeship, it was like, I set the intention to connect with this. And then you can go on with it and be like, and to receive this. And then once you connect with that being, or let's say it's a family member, I want to connect with Nico, right? Trust and have patience that they'll come. And when you have trust, your ego is like triggered at AF, but it then quiets down because it's like, oh wait, we like this guy. Like the, we, we like this energy. Like this energy is actually safe because we're breathing, oh. right? It's safe. That's, I yes, I don't mean to cut, but yes, no. the, it, it's Perfect. like they're saying it's
1: because the ego starts just like we, the humans start trusting it more and realize, oh my God, it is pushing me for my highest and best. So eventually the ego does start to quiet because it's like, wait, I am safe now. I I can, Mm -hmm. I can do this. It's, it's wild how the process unfolds, but yes, you nailed it
2: there. Boom. The whole right side of my body, which is our masculine energy, right? Is frozen. I feel, (laughs) I feel like I'm laying on an icebox on my right side because what you just said goes into the imagination part. When we're a kid, we have the broadest imagination, like anything's possible. And a lot of our shadow egos come from that imagination being shut down, yeah. and that's that wounded masculine that affects the feminine, which is our intuition. So that's why my yeah. whole body is. now my whole body's cold. Um, Nailed it. So when we allow our ourselves, we remind ourselves, like, hey, this is a loving being. And the more we we connect and we build a relationship with our guides and spirit, I suggest doing one at a time instead of being mm-hmm. like, I'm going to connect with Isis, Merlin, Zeus, and Poseidon all at once. It's like but then you don't know how they work with you, right? So when you set the intention to connect with one at a time, you build a relationship as though it's literally like, I'm talking to Maria, right? Or you're talking to whoever. Um, Your body, your nervous system's like, oh, this is good. Because our guides, I feel like, literally have been with us forever. It's just a matter Mm -hmm. when we're ready. So our little ego parts are like, oh my God, I remember when we used to hang out with them, like on the swing set. I remember when I used to like wave my baton or pretend like I was an Indian, Native American, like I talked about last time, like, oh my God. And then the doors open. It's like, Mm -hmm. now the next one comes in and the next one comes in.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And like you were saying before too, when you feel one that you feel like super connected and, and you trust- Then they'll bring you to other guides, like how Sam was Mm -hmm. saying with Merlin being like her main guide in the beginning. I feel like he was one of my one of my first ones, too. Um, But you will just like with people, you feel connected with certain people, you feel safe with certain people. So they're the ones that are going to kind of keep coming back because they know that you feel safe. And then when you establish that level of trust with them, then, they're, then they'll then they take you and go, okay, it's time to meet somebody else that's going to work with you in this aspect of your life or in this project that you're working on, right? Like when you really start to allow yourself to open up to these compassionate energies, there's so many of them that work in different aspects of our daily our daily life. Like it, it's not like, this is what I try to tell people too, like, uh, there's no, I don't know. For me, once you're once you're in it like this, in it to win it. There's no separating the spiritual and the physical world. Like I know mm-hmm. that that's just an illusion of the 3D matrix. It's like there's no spiritual perspective versus versus another perspective. It's just all energy to me. And so the more I allow my guides to be active participants in in everyday day to day decisions the more like i've merged those worlds there there is no separation it's like oh yeah my guides have always been here they've always been in my physical world i just wasn't ready to receive them yet for mm-hmm. whatever multitude of reasons um so it's really again it's trusting having no expectation to how they show up or drop the messages for you because it could be in a conversation with somebody else it could be on the radio you go you get in your car you turn on your turn on your stereo. And it's like a song either that it's just like speaking to you, right? Like literally it, the universe is always speaking to us. It's a matter of us being open to listening.
2: And I want you to, I feel like you would explain this a lot better than me. I'm here. I'm doubting myself, but because I've, i I only think because you word this a lot better too. Um, Cause when we, so spirit, not just spirit guides, when we can connect to the spirit of anything, and like, so I'll always say, and people are like, what does that even mean? I set the intention to connect with the spirit of sage. I asked the spirit of sage to cleanse and clear me from anything that's not me. I, I set the intention to connect with this crystal. I set the intention to connect with the spirit of this and that. And people are like, what do you mean spirit of it? But it's really like the energy of it. So can you just like give people a breakdown of like what spirit really means? Yeah, for me it's
1: energy. And that's Mm -hmm. where, again, like how Sam was talking about these labels, right? We have, we have been taught kind of what spirit is. And then when you start to work with energy, you realize that everything has energy. So everything has a spirit. And that's kind of a hard thing for people to, to grasp sometimes. I mean, I remember my first psychic development class, her holding up like a tissue box and going like, this has energy. And I'm like, what? But everything does, right? Because everything that has been created in the physical world comes from the energetic world. And all energy is a spirit and vice versa. All spirit is, is energy. So everything actually has a spirit. And that's why like ancient shamans talk to everything. They understand and understand that everything's alive. Everything is. Mm -hmm. Everything that we're touching and, 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 and interacting with here has... Come from energy. It wouldn't be here. So when you can start to really like zoom out and and adopt that perspective, you you realize like, wow, spirit is everything. It, it's in everything. It's everywhere. And that's where then you want to just be mindful of what energies you want in your life. Like, and that comes down to even just people in your life or whatever it is. Like, it's starting to tap in and become in tune to the energy that we're giving out that we're receiving what feels empowering what feels draining and it's the same thing when you work with spirit that's how i discern what energies i'm working with when other energies come into the into a reading that are fear and i know that they're fear I'm not afraid of them because I know that they're just fear, but underneath that fear is that love. So I, Mm -hmm. for me, know how to navigate that. I'm not saying everybody is just invite all of of the spirits in. Don't do that. Because as we were saying, it's very important that you're setting that intention to connect with your compassionate guides, your compassionate beings Mm -hmm. that are here to help you. That's that's really the biggest thing. But yeah, energy and spirit to me are synonymous. They're the same thing. And when you can start to really see that everything in this physical world would not exist without the energy behind it, then you realize everything is alive. Everything has consciousness to some degree. It's just different. It's I don't even like to use the word levels because I feel like that adds to this superiority hierarchy complex, which is not how spirit rolls because spirit is like we're all just energy everything's just energy
2: vibrating at different frequencies beautiful and we're just going to leave you with this quick tool um you can go out to a tree or you can lay on the earth and cuz those are safe and those are physical you can see them right and just breathe and ask the spirit of the tree or earth to come up through you and allow yourself to just receive the healing and if you if you want you can now like what do you want? How do you want to work with me? What would you like me to know? Give me a message, mm-hmm. and then always, 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 always give thanks when you're connecting with your guides. Always, yes. Gratitude we, is so yeah. important.
1: It's so important.
2: Oh, just yeah. like, just like you want to be appreciated, your guides want to appreciate, want to feel appreciated because it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you want to communicate with them, and. So yeah, grounding outside, I feel like is the safest way if you're nervous of really connecting to connect to a tree. Always mm-hmm. give thanks, set clear intentions and um, know that you are just like them because it's a higher aspect of you of here you. to help you. Mm-hmm. So we Amen. hope this helped oh, you. <laughs> and
1: so it is, yes. Until <laughs> next time, we'll see you beautiful spirits being humans on the other side. Love okay. you.
0: We appreciate you so much for listening to today's episode of Shamanic Soul Sisters We hope you continue to tune in weekly We trust that you received what was most needed for your highest and best with today's episode Remember, you are limitless and to pause each day to take a couple of moments for you You are worthy and wonderful just the way you are Thank you again and see you on the other side.